I'm Susan Branscombe, and this is Leading She. The worst thing that can happen is somebody says, we don't think you're qualified, then ask, how could I become qualified? Right. What do I need to work on? Right. It, since there's no bad out of any of that. It's right. great learning. In this episode, I interview Amy Hansen, a longstanding executive leader with Macy's, a Fortune 500 company. We discuss topics including the need for women to ask and say yes, serving a male-dominated corporate board, and the power of networking. Thanks for being here. I really sure. appreciate it. So you spent how many years with Macy's? I was with Macy's 33 years. 33 years. Okay, great. And tell me about, um, before we go into your background, let's talk a little about your you know, your personal background, where you grew up, yeah. what that was like, it was siblings, uh, parents, that kind of thing. Where'd you go to college? I went to, uh, I grew up in a very small town, northwestern Ohio, Ottawa, Ohio, kind of farm farmland and not much else. Um, you know, like 8,000 people, a lot of bars and churches, huh. two stoplights. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, but um, a close family and both parents, n- neither of my parents went to college. My dad went to, he was a World War II veteran. He went to um, engineering school when he was in the Navy, but... Um, neither of them, you know, went to a formal college, but had a real love of reading and music and art and really encouraged us in all of those endeavors. Um, I had three sisters um, and a brother, and unfortunately, two of my sisters have passed. Oh, um, sorry. Yeah, with cancer, one just recently. Mm-hmm. Um and let's see, I went on to college. I went to Miami University, very different than today. You know, I went to Miami University. I applied to one school, and thank God I got into that one school. <laughs> and I went there because my sisters went there, so that was going to be, it was going to be okay. Right. <laughs> um, I didn't there, so you went finish there. up at Miami. I transferred and went to Ohio State. And okay. I didn't get a bachelor's degree. I got an associate's degree and sat for the CPA exam early because... Um, then you could test out of basically test into taking the the and I was really anxious to get into the workforce and who knows why but anyway so I went into public accounting and my career took off from there good grounding mm-hmm. good experience yeah yeah so you grew up um, kind of small town um, farming community your parents didn't go to college mine didn't either and yet I found that I had this a lot of encouragement by my parents to go to college, and I had this sort of drive to do it, yeah, to, yeah. to live a better life. Did you find that yeah, too? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, my parents were both Depression era, and, you know, so we had we had a strong work ethic. I mean, you know, you were, you were expected to get good grades, you know, because they knew we could get good grades. So it was not a discussion about, you know, getting Bs or Cs. You were expected to do better than that. And, you know, we worked, you know, my... my um, most comical summer job is I detasseled corn. <laughs> we have that in common. I have to tell right? you. Yes, we do. I don't admit it to everyone, but I'm admitting it on this podcast. Right, right. I detasseled corn right, too. Right. I, I detasseled <laughs> corn for two summers and earned enough to buy my first bike. <laughs> cool. I was buying, I don't know, clothes for school or something. You're right. What you remember what you made an hour? Oh yeah. I don't even know that it was minimum wage. You know, it was it was Nothing. I, I think mean, ours was, was like a dollar fifty. Dollar fifty an right. hour it out was in the crazy. hot sun. Did right. you get on the machines or did you walk? No, we walked. We walked. Yeah, we, we walked. We took too, buses and we there. And, yeah, you know. buses. 
and the smell. <laughs> we digress, I know, but boy, this is small world. Right, with you did tassel right. corn so where did in the you summer. Tassel corn in South Vienna, Ohio, close to Springfield, Ohio. Okay, so that is. It's uh, east of Dayton, okay, uh, west right. of Columbus. Right. Yeah. yeah, so so it's still that flat farmland, right? Oh my god! And we did tasseled corn, so the corn would uh, be hybrid, right? Right. One would fertilize another, I guess, or pollination. Pollination, you know, right? You right. had to watch the film, <laughs> right? <laughs> About why the strategy? Why we of do what it? We were doing like like we cared. <laughs> I didn't care. All I knew is I was with my friends. It was in the summer. We were yeah. making money. You right, know, and those right. were long days. I've never worked that hard right, for right. income. I'll tell you that. Yeah. How about you? Right. Right. I agree. <laughs> it was something. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so did you get a bachelor's degree or you tested out? Right. No. So I never, I actually didn't ever go back to school. Okay. I, I had fully intended, you know, I was going to go to work. You know, I really wanted to get out and in the workforce. And I, it, in college was very easy for me. And that probably, you know, I, whatever. Naturally I, smart. Right. You tested and in the... I just thought, you know, I'll, I'll do that later. So I sat for the CPA exam. I worked for this regional public accounting firm um, and did a variety of work there. And then I was recruited by Macy's then federated to come and work for them in Cincinnati in the audit department, you know, join the audit department and see the world, you know, mm -hmm. you were going to travel 80% of the time all over the United States. And, you know, and I, you know, I jumped at it. I thought it was, it was gonna, exciting to do that much travel. Right. Yeah. And you're young and not married, I assume at right, that point. Right, right, right. Exactly. So you, um, you're, you go, you're in a regional public accounting firm. You're recruited by what was Federated, now right. Macy's. And for the listeners who don't know, Federated slash Macy's, changed the name, is based here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Yes. Uh, big company, Macy's yeah, Stores. Right. And at that point in time, they had 17 divisions. They had a um, Ralph's a supermarket chain. They had a discount chain. But my first assignment, um, which was pretty funny, was in New York at Bloomingdale's, you know, and my mother immediately got me a little can of mace. <laughs> <laughs> Working in the big city, need some mace, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> but it was it was a pretty exciting time because you learned um, the the kind of audits I did were operational audits. So you were um, all the way from seeing how the merchandise moved through the distribution center um, to how sales were rung on the selling floor, inventory shortage, looking at um, controls in the store. So it was more operational focused. And it was viewed then um, as a platform for you could go to work in a division, you could go and work in the corporate office, you could go and work in one of the support facilities. So the CFO of Federated at the time, Macy's now, mm -hmm. um, came from GE. And GE was famous for using their audit department as a platform for high potential people. Training ground to move into other areas right, of Macy's. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. So tell me about your experience with Macy's, your career development, kind of uh, how that worked and the opportunities you had there. Yeah, so I, I, you know, I was fortunate in my career to be given lots of opportunities to do different things and um, how... I first was kind of plucked out of the audit department after I was promoted a couple times when I was in audit and I became a manager and I was doing a presentation on, you know, some kind of improvement in operational efficiencies at Children's Place, which was a division. And the CFO of um, Macy's was in the audience 
which I didn't know. And he um, called my boss like the next day and said, I'd like to have her on my team. So I went to work for him. And actually, on his team also was Karen Hogay. But I worked um, a lot with Russ Davis and um, helped him put together his board presentations, financial analysis of this project, that project, this new operation. Um, and it was really a wonderful learning opportunity to work for Karen and for Russ and to just really get all of that exposure to really um, the strategy that's behind running a big Fortune 500 retailer. Right. That's great experience. Yeah, don't right. you find, I don't know if you found, I think you were, you found this in your career that there comes a point where it's pivotal in your career where somebody saw you and saw the way you were and said, I want her to work with me. And for me, I was in my 20s. Yeah. And somebody in the commercial real estate area said, I'd like her to work with me. Now, he wanted me to do a lot to do a lot of work for him, and but but in that I learned, right? You know, and right. it was an opportunity for me. But somebody saw something in me, and when I think of the opportunities I've had, it's been that almost every time. Right, Do you find that. Yeah, people taking a chance on on you, and I think hopefully in my career and now, um, I really try to help people as much as I can, because I certainly was helped in my career. Hopefully, I paid back that, you know, that risk they they took on me. But I mean, the, the that reaching out and giving somebody else a little assistance and counsel, etc. I just I think has been really instrumental in my career. And I want to um, do what I can to to pay that forward. Sure. Great. Um, <clears throat> so you did have um Someone who said, I, I would like her to be on my team. Uh, you've had opportunities where perhaps the opportunity itself was not something that was something you had experience in, but somebody said, we want Amy to go right, into this. Right. And were you scared that you didn't know how to do it or uh, what? You know, I, I, will, I will say, in looking back at my career, I would say that Times when I and my team progressed the most, my group did did the best, was when I was least fearful about consequences. And I don't want it to sound like I was, you know, hitting for the 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 rafters all the time. But I think when when you become really afraid and conscious about protecting your turf, I think you are less gifted as a leader. So I would say when I made the most progress and did the most and had the biggest impact for, you know, again, the team, the company is when I was less fearful about the consequences. And the, and I would say the other thing is when I knew when I had a boss who had my back. Supported you. Right, right. So, you know, there were, and the, you know, if you think about somebody who took a risk for you, you're going to want to do everything you can. Right, sure. And so, and think you about that as a, if you're taking risks for your people, they will have your back. And yes. that is, it's, it's such a wonderful feeling when, you know, you, your, your team's for you, your boss is for you. You just feel like you can do anything. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's well said. Yeah. It's true yeah. too. And I'm sure that, and I know that in corporations, people are 
territorial about their turfs. Right. And it's like, don't don't touch my turf. Right, and, you know, right, be careful. Right, you know, watch right, out. Right. You know. And it sounds like you had freedom and creativity right, and, right. And, and no fear really when when everything was aligned as far as the support you were getting and the support you had from your boss. Yeah. So I I went from that role um, into to what what became MCCS, we centralized really uh, really all of the back office operations and credit, out of, which was all in these 17 different divisions. Mm-hmm. And we pulled really everything we could um, out of the stores so they could focus on the customer and merchandising and not have to do, you know, they all had their own sales audit. They all paid their own invoices and they all ran their own credit operations, believe it or not. I mean, but it was, that was such an exciting time. So we built um, what was a 400 person um, operation into now, I I guess there's probably 4,000 plus employees in three call centers um, and they really do everything that um, can be pulled out of the stores so the stores can focus on merchandising and customer service. But I, I can remember driving to work and think about, well, we could centralize this. You know, we can apply technology. We can apply smart people. And, you know, we can really drive a lot of um, incremental savings to the bottom line. So we took all of those kind of back office functions, which were expense center and made it, you know, formed a bank, you know, developed a common credit card, loyalty programs, et cetera, and went from an expense center to now this is 40% of Macy's profit today. So, mm. I mean, that was, that was exciting you know, pretty, to build it. Yeah, it was, it was exciting pretty exciting. To build it. Yeah. So as you think about the risk you took to going you know, into a position that you perhaps didn't know well, but somebody had said, we want you to do this. Maybe talk about the experience you had, you, you didn't have, and the taking of the risk yeah. you know, around doing it. And what would you say to young women who are advancing and, and around this? Well, you know, I think people, the, I somebody told me this, that they would always describe me as um, somebody who wasn't afraid to say yes. You know, like you said, I didn't really, I had not run stores and I ran the stores for the Macy's North Division, you know, staffing, scheduling and all of that. But, you know, if you have good, solid management skills, leadership skills, you're a good listener, um, you're not afraid to ask questions. I mean, those those kind of skill sets apply in almost every area. I mean, I don't think I could do surgery. <laughs> Maybe not that area. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah. But um, but you feel like you have leadership skills to Right. And, yeah. and if you have a, a good team and you are listening and listening carefully and you're willing to be a student. Now, so, you know, that, that you know, like I'm a, I considered myself a student of retail. So I was reading what I could about retail, being very aware of, you know, the competition. I mean, you just, you have to be a student of the business because you don't have that innate, um, you know, set of facts that other people can rely on. But mm-hmm. it, 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 again, but management skills and leadership skills are universal. Um, mm-hmm. You just have to have the ability to not be fearful about asking questions mm-hmm. and ask open-ended questions. And you learn a lot more mm-hmm. that way. I think some people can be 
afraid to be perceived as ignorant. Yes, right. And I think women fall into that too, not to broad right. brush, but uh, I think we I, do I, that. I, I agree with you there. I think that I, I wish I would have been as conscious as I am now of the fact that women don't tend to speak up as much in meetings because, you know, we as leaders can certainly, well, Susan, I haven't heard you talk yet. What do you think about this? You know, and pull them into the conversation. Rarely has that happened because I'm usually the one speaking up. Yeah. Uh, well, not not not, not me, you, but but but, but, but you're right. Yeah. I we've talked about this where right. young women, uh, and I'll give you an example. I uh, went into a. I was asked to talk about commercial real estate finance, my business, in a University of Cincinnati real estate class last uh-huh. week. And there were probably, I would say, eighty students in uh-huh. the class. About 60% male, 40% female, and I probably got 12 questions. Not one was from a, a woman. Yeah. Not one. Yeah. And it reminded me of like fifth grade, you know, sixth grade, where the, the girls don't say anything and the teacher doesn't always call on them. And it's sort of a, it's like, come on, speak up, ask me some questions. Right, you know? right. And I do think, you know, women can elicit that from other women. And they can also support each other in a meeting. I've also seen this happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have where you you could say something, I could say something, and then Sam sitting next to me says the exact same thing. And so, great point, Sam. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but women can say, yes, Amy just made that point. Wasn't that excellent? It's good that Amy and Sam are on the same page. <laughs> that's that's somebody that has your back that does that. Right. I've I, actually said, and we talked about it in another podcast, uh-huh. uh, where it's like, you know, in a meeting. And sometimes I don't think the men, you know, always do it consciously. Right. I don't think it's being sabotaging always. Sometimes it is. But they will sometimes take credit for an idea. And you have to bring it back like, hey, I... You know, I had that idea, you right. know, or somebody And you can gets say that in a in a tactful, tactful way. way. You know, right. I think that that sounds exactly like what, you know, Susan or Amy said earlier. Um and I think this is something that women can do for each other to and and then if you're you're part of, you know, you're two in the room and I think it helps the dialogue. I mean, this mm-hmm. is not just women helping women. This is, you know, helping the dialogue be more constructive sure. and having an environment that is more open for mm-hmm. conversation mm-hmm. and people feel listened to. So right. I think that there's a, that's a big win in and mm-hmm. of itself. Yeah. Um, in your position at Macy's, the various positions you had, you hired people. Yeah. And uh, you had you hired men as well as women. What, what did you find about the different gender type negotiating styles, or what was what was an observation you had there? Well, I, I've hired a lot of people, and I I can't recall one instance where a woman asked for more money. That is incredible. In yes. other words, you give them, you give her an offer, and she said, "Okay, that's that's good. I'll sign the letter. I'll get it back to you." No negotiation, like well, you know. Let I me think, think I'm about worth this more. over the weekend. And men would come back, not always, but I would say thirty, forty percent of the time, and either ask for more money, ask for, um, you know, a contribution towards their insurance payment or something, right? And 
and it didn't make me feel. I mean, a, an overreach would make me feel badly about the the job um, applicant, but you know, didn't make me feel bad about them. Right, just they're good negotiators. Right, right, right exactly. They're and you're in this, you're yeah. in this world. <laughs> and the other thing with reviews or reviews and internal, and I've I've counseled a lot of women on this topic in terms of applying for other positions inside the company, for example. You know, I said this will only help your career. Because people will know, even if you don't get it, people will know you're interested in furthering yourself. There's no downside to it. You will get feedback through the interview process. People will know that she is interested in in, um, going further in her career. So, you know, get yourself out there. You know, be your own advocate. Right. Be uh, have confidence, um, and we talked about uh, sit up straight. Yes, now, isn't right, like, like right, our mothers right. told us: sit up straight, right, right. be confident, speak it, with authority. It, right. The room. Women women can tend to be smaller mm-hmm. than than men, and and I, and I think it's a great tip for women is to watch that watch yourself speak in the mirror. Mm. You know, sit naturally, and do you you know do you do you sit in your chair? And you are slouch. you at the table, right? Right, and mm-hmm. are you leaning forward in and in, in 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 the meeting so you're noticed? Or are you kind of shrinking back? And this, it, I know these sound like very subtle things, but you're people read them, right? Think. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think you want to come across as engaged and interested in furthering the conversation about the project. And being right. not a, sitting back, taking notes, you know, being just, a, yeah. a team member that um, really can be, you know, relied on or called on to, you know, step up. And take the risk that what you say may not be accepted, you know, or what you say may be accepted. But if you've got a good idea, you see where it should go. And I see so many women do this after the meetings. Kind of, can you believe he said that? We should have done this. We should. Well, why don't you say something? Right. You know? Right. Just speak up. And if you're nervous about, let's say you have an idea that you for XYZ project and you're a little nervous about expressing it in the meeting, you know, use somebody that is going to be part of the team and part of the group as it, Mm -hmm. right, as a sounding board. And what do you think about this? What if we did this? Would you, you know, if I brought this up, you know, it would help me if you, you know, would would support me vocally, you Mm -hmm. know. And I think sometimes you can do a little pre-work. I mean, you don't want to, you know, do too much of that that can 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 chip away at team you know but a little bit of that if it helps you feel more comfortable about um your own idea and advocating it for the group i think that's extraordinarily helpful that that you know somebody in there is going to say yeah i think that's a great idea mm-hmm. let's let's give that some let's have right. some discussion about that right and they're watching you they're watching right. you how how you handle yourself and right. just have the confidence take the risk that you know, it's all going to be okay. Right, right, absolutely. Um, what about, um, we talked about uh, the uh, moving into the senior management role, exec, you were an executive with Macy's. What kind of experience did you, do you feel like w- w- was critical for you to have in order to be considered for a senior executive position at Macy's? Well, you know, and I, I, I've i said this before, but I, I it, and it's not true for all all 
um, people, but I think if you really, if you want to be in senior management at a big company, you typically have to have operational and P&L leadership. Yes. So you can't typically rise to the C-suite with just staff experience. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, there can be exceptions, exceptions to that rule. To I'm that. making a mm-hmm. big general statement. So get yourself into operations. That's what I would say. <laughs> and get your hands dirty and trying to get some P&L leadership. And that's particularly helpful in, as you move on. Like, a, you know, I'm working and I'm um, on a, a few corporate boards. Yes. But having P&L responsibility, that means you have to, you know, deliver Deliver the numbers. You also have to think about HR and employment policies and talent. You're it could because it's the whole. Mm-hmm. You're running a company within a company, really, that, right? That that is exactly right, and mm-hmm. uh, so that you have to balance all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that helps people have the confidence in um, your abilities to rise further. Mm-hmm. So I think that that t- and women. And again, an overly broad statement, um, do tend to gravitate to more staff roles. Staff positions rather than taking – and then maybe being considered for those. Is she interested in doing it and taking on that profit and loss kind of responsibility operations? You're really – the spotlight's on you, right? You're under the microscope and people are watching. And that can be good because you can be considered – for more responsibility if you want it. Right. And I do think sometimes it's necessary to take a lateral, like if you're mm-hmm. a VP in human resources or in finance, but you really want to progress in your career, talk to your boss, talk to, you know, whoever within your company. As, like I'd, I'd consider a lateral move to run an operation mm-hmm. or even – a step down at the same salary to get experience, the experience. right? Yeah, and, and, to and help I, you rise, yeah. right? It's a calculated risk, mm-hmm. and if it if you get into that role and you don't like it, you can always go back to your comfort zone. It's not sure. like a. I think sometimes um, people, women, women particularly, can be like, <gasps> you know, I do that and then my career's over. No, it's just one step. It's you went sideways and then you're going to step back. Right. You know, there's a safety net. There's a backup plan if right. it doesn't work, and that's part of taking risk. I think for me, it was yeah knowing that that if it didn't work out, that when I started my company, if it didn't work out, I could always go back to being a lender, right? If I wanted, and so there was that backup plan. There's what somebody told me. There's water in the pool. Jump. Yeah, you know? there you go. That's and, a good one. I like and that. I did. Yeah, but that's a that's a that's a great example of risk taking to go out on your own. Yeah. I think that's really wonderful. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I had had good partners and um, you know, had my company for seventeen years yeah. and so yeah. I was running running it's similar to you running within Macy's. You had the P and L and you set budgets in September, October and it's like you know, they, they push you, you know, stretch right. goals, right? And you have to live up to them next year and make it happen. Yeah. And there are a lot of different things that go in it. Right. Right. Let's talk about women helping women. You know, we've both had experience where uh, sometimes women are very helpful. They are supportive and um, help each other. Uh, We network. They help each other with business. Uh, And sometimes we don't see that, that it seems to come more naturally to men. What would you say about women helping women in, in careers? I I agree 100%. Networking is something that I think men are just naturally, and again, broad statement, more naturally gifted at 
than women. And that sounds counterintuitive because I think women can be more, um, you know, listeners and great conversationalists. But it's not the same as networking for a purpose. Mm. Um, and, And purpose is a good word, purposeful networking, purposeful assistance of others. I think men do that much more easily than women. And I, I don't know, I think part of it is time. I know that um, early in my career, I had two children with my husband. Um, and, you know, the last thing I wanted to do after a long day of work is go out and play golf or whatever. But um, men do make more time for that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really helpful. So one of the pieces of advice I have for young women is, you know, pick something that you want to um, – engage on either internally with your company as a, um, you know, in at, on a project basis and volunteer time for that or get involved with a, a nonprofit that um, has a high profile within your community and work on those networking skills and be very conscious about it. Right. And, you know, I think the, the – and be very conscious about – trying to pull other women along with you Mm -hmm. and be conscious of, we talked about before that people took a risk on me. And in my case, it happened to be men taking a risk Mm -hmm. on me because they were in the more senior positions. But, you know, I would certainly like to think that women could see other women with talent and pull them along with them, or at least, you know, include them as part of a project team, make sure they're in the meeting, Mm -hmm. call on them, you know, it, mention their name in talking to right. other people. It's the subtle things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, you know, there there's networking if you are working in a corporation, which is different than networking as an entrepreneur. As an entrepreneur in a business, you're trying to develop business mm-hmm. and bring in business, and so that kind of networking, you'd like to think that the women out there are going to give referrals to you. I haven't always seen that. I've seen it a lot more among men that they take care of each other they send each mm-hmm. other business in a way that i haven't always seen women do yeah uh, within corporations though uh, you have to network with your people that you need to be able to have relationships with either internally or externally sort of an inside sales thing you have to with customers vendors you have to have relationships with them so networking is helpful i used to um before I would go, this is when I was really trying to develop my business, is to, before I would go to a networking event, I would see if I could get the attendee list. And then I would strategically say, I want to make sure I say hi to oh, him. That's great. Say hi to her. Right. You know, and so I don't go in and say, well, let's just have a drink and talk to people. It was strategic. And it, you know? it wasn't just talking to the person that you're comfortable with. Right. I think I love the idea of doing some prep work. And that I think that also can make you more comfortable in your mind that I'm going there with a purpose. It's work. Mm-hmm. And my, my assignment here is to talk to these three people and, and right. you know, see if we can have a follow-up from that. Right. And I see people and I say, you know, can we sit together? Uh, where are you sitting if we're going through a buffet uh-huh. line? Um, or you have to be careful of uh, crowds of two 
as we know. And if you if they're close, talking closely, they might be talking about something confidential. So you have to be careful going up to them. But mm-hmm. just watching and and uh, seeing who you want to talk to. And sometimes it's ambassadors. It's people that might refer business to mm-hmm. you. Sometimes it's just them seeing you out there. Yeah, she's still out here doing this, you know. So yeah, good for her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Tell me, you know, in a corporation, you know, you're running your business on those days when nothing seems to be going right and we all have them, you know, where this happens and then that happens and you think, what else can happen? How do you, what does endurance mean to you or what what, what advice would you give to women who, small children, this is going on, something's going on at work, somebody doesn't come in, a project isn't going well, all of that's happening and it's just one more day, but Right. And I think you, you that term, one more day, you know, tomorrow's going to be better. Right. And I, I think one of my traits is persistence yes. and relent, you know, just grind it out. You know, <laughs> I've just taken up biking and my husband calls me a grinder because of the hills, you know, <laughs> I'm not very fast on the flats, but I'm a grinder, man. <laughs> I can get to the top of that hill and I'm not going to change gear unless I have to at, at the very top. But um, I relate he, to that, by the way. Maybe you're according to tasseling experience, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly. But I think the the thing is, you know, a it's it's a day. It's not going to be like this forever. And usually, you have a team, and your team, you know, I I could never have a bad day at work, you know, because people are like, oh. She's not smiling. What's what's going on, right? You know, so you have to have your game fa- face game, and you right. just have to get through it. And sometimes it isn't fun and it isn't fun for quite a while, but it will get better. And people are relying on you to, mm-hmm. to, to be the gut it out. And, and you can. And, and you can. Read and you, you can. Yes. You know, that's right. Employees do read you. They read your mood, your right. body language. And it's like, what's going on? You know, why is she, why is her office door right. closed? Right. Or, you know. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What do you think corporations need to know about women in business that is different than men in business? In other words, is should corporations consider that women are a part of, and I think many of them do, but, but are the needs and considerations different for women than men? Should they be? You mean in terms of employment? Employment and advancement and uh-huh. uh, working conditions, what, whatever it is. Uh-huh. Are there... Are there things that corporations out there don't really understand about women in terms of being employees that maybe their traits are not the same as men? Um, I think that there is growing um, awareness of the differences in how men and women work. Um, I think that there's there what I would think there is still not a great deal of attention paid to yet is the formation of teams a department a committee to make sure that it's not only male women and that there's racial diversity mm-hmm. but that there's personality types that are um you need to have a combination of personality types. That's right. In in a, a project for 
people to effectively work together because you can't have all just type A's because, you know, they'll be all talking at each other and, and no one's listening. Right. <laughs> so I don't think there's enough awareness of that yet. Mm-hmm. I think it's starting, um, but in its early stages. I think there's a, a growing awareness of, you know, that women work differently than men. I would like to see there more, there, that, there would be more advocacy for women within a company um, and not women, just women helping men, women, but people, senior people. Helping women move along and get, finding out what they need to, to advance or what, are, what do they be need? The, be that safe sounding mm-hmm. board for mm-hmm. for people and being coaches about, you know, you didn't really speak up in this meeting. You know, was was it, you know, that you weren't comfortable right. or were you, um, you know, not knowledgeable? I can remember someone saying that to me, that I was unusually quiet during a, I was taken on a visit to a division by the controller at the time. And I think I was, it was probably one of the first trips where it was just me and a very senior person <laughs> I was, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> afraid to say anything. Big guys here, right? But but he called me on it. He was yeah. like, you know, why aren't you talking? Right. You know, I brought yeah. you here for a reason, yeah. and I was like. Okay. All right. And so I think um, that was during the lunch break or whatever. And then, you know, then I was, and then you get your first question out there and, and people, you can see that people don't think you're an idiot and it's okay. And you have, I think anytime somebody, if there's a presentation going on and somebody asks a question, it kind of gives the room freedom to have a dialogue about what's mm-hmm. being said instead of just being the recipient of the presentation, right? Mm-hmm. And so your question, your open-ended question can be, doesn't have to be the perfect question. It can just be an open-ended question. Tell me why you came to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. Just give me a little feeling about your research or Without whatever. Without being getting defensive about right, it, but right, just really exactly. exploring, how, being curious about and, it. Yeah. And, and I would say that if you're uncomfortable in meetings, this gets back to the one of the earlier topics, you can put on a pad of paper some questions that um, you want to ask and write them down and then ask them. Mm-hmm. And I do that. Right. And mm-hmm. and again, I think other people in the meeting, it breaks up the flow of the presentation in a good way. Mm-hmm. People are going to have a conversation about what you just said. They're going to wait to hear the response of the presenter or the, you know, whoever's running the meeting. And it it's, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is good. Right. So the message to companies is uh, for men, maybe women helping women. But men helping women come along and maybe see things that they should do, right. speak up more, make sure you understand this, you know, uh, to be their coaches. Right. right. And I, I love the word advocacy. Advocates, yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that sends a different message than being a... A coach or a mentor. Maybe. Right. It's okay. really, you're advocating for this woman or women mm-hmm. or the team to be successful and you're you're consciously talking about their achievements mm-hmm. with other people and think about mm-hmm. that you yeah. know like wow you know this is her name has come up multiple times you know in a good way that that leaves an impression mm-hmm. yeah being supportive of her right i wanted to 
uh, ask you about your corporate board service. Uh, you are retired from Macy's, and I think you explored maybe consulting when you first yeah. uh, retired and then thought, well, that's maybe doesn't fit f- with what I want to do. But right. how, how was getting on a corporate board? What was that process like? What's it like serving? Um, a c- corporate boards are a great place um, to serve. And, and uh, you know, um, I'm on the board of Messer here yes. in mm-hmm. town. And I'm also on the great board company. of LSI Industries. Mm-hmm. Also headquartered in Blue Ash. I'm on the board of um, Switch.com, a fintech startup in in Seattle. Mm. And it's great experience. And by design, it's strategic. Um, it's You're focused on not so much what the company results were for the past quarter, but how they're positioned going forward, the talent in the room, um, the, you know, capital structure and all of that. So it is by design strategic, and I I love that. I mean, I think it really plays to my strengths. Mm -hmm. Um, The fintech startup is a little more chaotic. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a three-hour board meeting via video conference this afternoon um, with with the Switch team because they're in a capital raise now. So it's a little bit more hands-on deck. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I I knew that when I signed up for it. But the interesting thing about corporate board work, and you probably may have read a lot, this is still a bastion of no offense to the men here, but um, men men over fifty or men over sixty, men over seventy, right? You know, so um, I think the statistics still are of Fortune five hundred companies. Only twenty three percent of um, directors are women, mm-hmm. and there's a uh, 10 percent. I can't remember the exact that don't have any women. Mm. Directors at all, and in the as you go down into small and mid camp companies and private companies, the numbers are far, far lower. Lower for yeah. women being on the boards, right. and then on these boards you're on. How many women do you serve with? Well, um, are you the only the one? One. <laughs> so there's one other woman on the fintech startup okay. board, but I'm the only woman on the other others. Two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a it's an opportunity, and I you know this is an area where in a board setting you want to have a dialogue that with the 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 CEO and the members of the management team that really surface the issues that they're seeing for the company, and if you have I think women's styles can be more encouraging of that kind of dialogue mm-hmm. and also representing the consumer. I think that the numbers are women um, drive 70% or more of the household mm-hmm. spending decisions, whether right. that be for cars, medical, um, apparel, services. It's women making those decisions. And if mm-hmm. they're not in the room... Mm-hmm. And to quote Hamilton, in the room where it happens, you yeah. know, that's that's a real miss, yes, I think. Yes, right. And uh, perhaps you, because we as women, if we are the ones buying these products, we need to be rep- represented on the boards, right? And so right, Procter right. & Gamble here in Cincinnati needs to have women on the boards and brand managers who are women. and Right, exactly. Yeah. Because I do think, you know, the the product appeal, the product design, 
you know, the marketing language um, has a different tone to it. Yeah. I think, you know, the bigger companies, and I think, I don't remember the level of diversity on P&G's board, but the bigger companies, I think, got it. And it's a process of, you know. We need more women. We need right, more right. racially diverse R- boards. Right. But yes. I think it, it, the good news about this, at least people are talking about it now mm-hmm. and conscious of it. And right. I think a couple, even a couple years ago, that wasn't mm-hmm. so much the case. But and there's there could, still more work to be done. Yeah. And in the, the awareness will lead to opportunities for women who do want to serve on boards. Right. And then make it make it known that you want to. Right? right. Right. And that's another, you know, so again, part of that networking thing um, that you need to speak up. And I, this is for younger women in their careers. You need to be an advocate for yourself. For yourself. That's a great message. And you can also seek out other people with within your company that you have a nat- you know kind of some chemistry with and ask them not to just be your mentor but just you know ask them for support um, from time to time, spend time with them, ask for, for counsel. You know, some people are scared off by, you know, I don't know if I want to sign up to be a mentor. That's a lot of time. Mm-hmm. But you can unofficially ask people for counsel and support. Sure. And just say, hey, can I call you if I've got a question and right. I respect your time, but maybe we can set 10 minutes where I've got this issue. I mean, it doesn't take, it doesn't like you have to meet with them for coffee or lunch once it's, a week. It, right. Or, it know, doesn't have to be this formal thing. Right. But I, I think this is back to women you needs to start with you right taking taking responsibility for your career and being unafraid for asking for Mm -hmm. things including support support including promotions Mm -hmm. including opportunities to look at other other positions and the worst thing that can happen is somebody says we don't think you're qualified then ask how could I become qualified? Right. What do I need to work on? Right. There's, since there's no bad out of any of that. It's right. great learning. Learning. Right. Yeah. Right. We talked about learning, and I'll end with that, is uh, you were talking about learning. We were in our careers. We, I'm still in my career. Uh many years and you always have to sharpen the saw right, don't you right, think that right. things are changing especially in retail right and you really have to i on sunday mornings i spend two hours just reading you know periodicals and my wall, wall streets thoroughly and just really making sure i'm aware of what's yeah, going that's on great. Yeah. I, I do some speaking um both paid and not paid but i the lecturing i've done at uc and it, it sounds like you've done this too mm-hmm. uc and xavier because it, it part of reason why i do it um is it forces me to get up to date and you know and i'm listening and hearing how they're talking about retail and how they the students shop and um, use technology, and that's that's great for me. But that gives me a discipline of staying up to date. Staying up to date. I do that with writing too. I write uh, for my industry, and oh, that's so, good. So then I that's have to great. know what I'm talking about, yes, so I have to really right. do research. So it, it does keep me more informed. Yeah, but. yeah, that's great. Thank you, Amy. Sure. This has been fun. Yes. I hope you agree. Yeah, that uh, absolutely. We had a great conversation, and I think uh, young women or anybody advancing or in business uh, will be helped by some of the things we talked about. Well, thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for listening today. Please subscribe, rate, and write a review. Follow us on Instagram at LeadingShe and visit our website, leadingshe.com, where we have many great ideas for women leaders.